0: Hey all, this is Matt, and I'm your host for Matt's Musings, a podcast about music, pro wrestling, pop culture, and whatever else might strike my fancy and the fancy of you, the listener. Today is the second episode of the podcast, and also the second in my ongoing series called The Lowdown with Matt. I'm a hobbyist bass player and love talking to other purveyors of the low end, so to speak. In today's episode, I'll be talking with Ben Westcott, bass player for Harry and the Hootenannies and a number of other bands based out of the Columbia, South Carolina area. We'll be talking about bass, gear, musical influences, life, and much more. So without further ado, here is my chat with Ben. Aha! Hey, Ben. How are you, sir?
1: How do you do, Matt? Doing good.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Well, like I said in my um, in my introduction, you are the bass player for Harry and the Hootenannies.
1: That's correct, at least. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, so, so we'll go ahead and get started here, Ben. Um, okay. How long? How long have you been playing bass?
1: I've been playing bass since middle school, um, and oftentimes, when people reach the age of twenty-nine, and they just kind of stop counting after that because they don't want to keep up with those numbers. Absolutely. They get more and more distressing. Yes, they do. Uh, I'm I'm just going to say I've been playing bass for like fifteen years. Because uh, if I said the real number. I'd feel like I should be a little bit better than I am by now. So, uh, yeah, let's just go with 15. That'll work. Yeah, man. That'll work. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, as as far as your journey as a bass player, did you take lessons, or are you mostly self-taught, or how did all that go?
1: Okay. Um, When I got the bass, I think the extent of bass lessons for the majority of my time on the instrument uh, consisted of – the VHS that came with my first bass, that like Ibanez Geo, that most people start on. I learned the blues scale and I learned like the minor pentatonic scale. And, uh, I was pretty, I was self-taught from there.
0: The good old VHS. You got,
1: yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, um, I was, I was simultaneously learning uh French horn at the time. I was a horn player from middle school to my first year of college. And so I was getting music theory, Trickled in, you know, at school. And uh, so I wasn't just going in completely blind. I'd, I had some sort of guiding force through the, the band program.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so aside from bass and apparently French horn, do you play any mm. other instruments?
1: Yes. Also, hi, Mom. Uh, she just uh, logged in. Good to see her. Uh, yeah, uh, ukulele, trumpet. I play guitar. Um, I play kazoo. Uh, Let's see. I play this this gourd uh, that makes thunder noises when you rattle it.
0: Oh, nice. Nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know if you heard that. That is. Um.
0: That is unique.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I uh I don't know. I I picked up the fretless bass, and at one point until recently, I owned an upright. So, I was trying to learn all the variety of basses, you know possible um can't think of anything about the oh, ocarina, play the ocarina, just this and that, no nice. oh, and piano and drums, okay, sorry, it took me a second to get all that so so the, but,
0: the, the better the better question Ben, would be what don't you play
1: what don't i <laughs> play uh, <laughs> I don't play, uh, reed instruments. I have yet to like sit down with a saxophone or like a, a clarinet and try to get one of those. The reed is very intimidating to me. I like brass mouthpieces and strings.
0: Gotcha. My, my wife was actually a saxophone player in high school. So, uh, super cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Just absolutely.
1: one of the, one of the coolest instruments. I wanted to play sax when I joined the band program because my older brother, uh, played sax in the band, and I thought that was just the coolest thing. But the forces that be, you know, yeah. guided me towards the horn, and it was history, you know.
0: You you got voluntold. I got voluntold,
1: yeah. My band director was like, you have the lips of a horn player. Also, I play horn, and so does my wife, so you're going to play too. And it it was actually a really good choice for me. I had a blast.
0: Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, tell me about your current gear and setup uh, for your 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 bass. Uh, I guess playing live and and just playing around the house or whatever.
1: Okay, I have my Lakeland five strings here. I'm just gonna have to pan it so that you can get an idea of what it looks like. Very nice. Um, yeah. Boom. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. It's like a charcoal green. It changes color in the light. Love it. Um, it's treated me really well. Jazz bass. So that's my main gigging bass. I use it in Harry and the Hootenannies. I use it in, uh, Emerald Empire, which is the, the wedding and event band that I play in. And then I use it for, uh, Lola Grace and the Collective, which is my other cover gigging band. Um, that that low B string really helps play a lot of, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder tunes and like soul tunes that go Absolutely. a little lower. Uh,
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love a four string because it's not as cumbersome and you're not constantly muting that low B. But uh, this has been my mainstay just because it's the most convenient thing for me to, to work with. It's my working base.
0: Well, uh, so th- you you sort of uh, uh, actually uh, got into the next question that I have, and that is, do you have an actual preference between a four string and a five and a five string, or even greater uh, number mm-hmm. of string bass?
1: Uh, I've got them all. Well, at least you know I've had four through mm-hmm. six string bases. Mm-hmm. I don't have a seven string bass. Uh, maybe one day. Uh, my preference. It's actually four. I love four-string basses because they're just so... It's like when you take off that low B-string, you just got all this extra dexterity to spare. You know, it's like your fingers aren't as right. working as hard. Um, and I enjoy that. It's kind of like a treat when I get to just play a four-string, honestly. Uh, right, but I've,
0: five. Uh, I've yeah, five is just, uh, just good for work. Yeah. I've got both a four string and a five string and I like the five string, uh, for, you know, like you were saying the versatility being able to go lower, but, uh, there mm-hmm. is something to be said about, about just a good old four string.
1: Right. Yeah, man. I mean, they say, I mean, you know, most bassists don't really need to use anything but the E and A string anyway. It's like, right. I could have a two, I could have a two string bass and have a blast, you yeah. know?
0: So
1: Gotta try, try that soon. So, Actually, yeah.
0: you know, musicians tend to collect gear. Um, yes, they do. do. Do you have anything really unique in your collection that you'd like to talk about?
1: Um, Sure. Let's see. I should do the Thunder Gourd. Uh, yes, that was kind of a unique thing. Um, uh, Let's see. I have... Uh, a couple ocarinas, actually, um, mm-hmm. that my girlfriend provided me. Uh, she's an ocarina player, and uh, we're both gamers. And if you know anything about the Legend of Zelda, Link from the game famously plays one of these. Oh, very. And so, cool. yeah. So this is similar to the thing he plays. I'm out of practice, so don't expect like me to whip out through the fire and flames or anything on this thing. But, uh, okay. uh <laughs> but yeah, it's just a fun little fun to play at stoplights in your car
0: <laughs> when you oh, got yeah. nothing to do, man. Just, you know,
1: whistle a tune real quick and you're off to the races.
0: That is really...
1: That's, that's oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Have you ever okay. played a I, wind I, instrument like this?
0: I have not. No. Uh, okay. No, I'm, uh, I'm... I'm I'm pretty much a stringed instrument guy right. with a little bit of, uh, of of keyboard messing around with over the years. Right. But right. um I'm I'm so,
1: trying to learn keyboard right now, just FYI. Um I'm taking piano lessons because I've waited till I'm like thirty three to finally try and uh I've made some progress. I'm like really proud of the little bit I could do on the piano now. So yeah. It's a good thing to learn.
0: Oh yeah, you, you know. Uh, he who dies with the most knowledge and the most skills wins.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> s- I suppose, some. I suppose some. so. suppose Well, I'm going to die from trying to learn this piano. It's, it's kicking my butt.
0: So who, uh, who are some of your personal musical influences?
1: Uh, first things first, uh, the first musician I ever remember listening to was Weird Al. You know Weird Al, ah. right?
0: oh yes, um, uh, I'm <laughs> okay. very familiar Miss, with Weird Al,
1: Mr. Alfred Yankovic. Uh, he is easily my most uh, influential, my my biggest influence in music. Uh, not only because it's the first thing I remember ever listening to in my life, and like, uh, you know, singing along with every word of his albums, okay. but uh, yeah. The guy, um, the guy, the fact, a genius. He's so he's so. Good great man and he's such a nice guy mm-hmm. you know how like sometimes as you you get older in life you hear about your idols like li- living secret lives and like getting into trouble and you know you realize right. they're not the person you wanted them to be weird right. al i'll put my money on it till his dying day i don't think we'll ever hear anything bad about weird al <laughs>
0: no no they yeah they say don't meet your heroes exactly but uh Same. but i think uh, uh I, I tend to agree. I think, I think Al is probably just, just a, a pretty normal dude.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah. Despite how weird he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but my point being, uh, he, he parodies everything. Right. So when you listen to one of his albums, you've got like, you know, uh, Michael Jackson, you know, in there and you, You've got uh, Nine Inch Nails and, and you've got, you know, country tunes and like he just and, and polka. Obviously, it's like I learned right. polka from Al. So, uh, yeah, just listening to his music, it exposes you to a wide variety of things. And as a kid, that got me really interested in all kinds of sounds. I didn't get locked into one path, you know, real early. Right. So he, he, spread, right. he spread it around. Yeah. Well, and I love the accordion. <laughs> So
0: So uh, um who are some of your, your favorite bass players?
1: Okay. Um well uh it started with uh Victor Wooten. Mm-hmm. Um I heard Bella Fleck and the Flecktones uh live art album when I was in I guess late middle school or early high school and his solo on a song called Sinister Minister just changed my life. It was one of the most virtuosic bass guitar things I'd ever heard. And, uh, I was kind of hooked and I love the sound of banjo too because of Bella. So it was exciting to listen to them. Um, Victor Putin, every bassist is going to name him at some point. I think, uh, Chris Squire mm-hmm. from Yes. From Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you got to say about that? He's he's a monster. He's a monster player. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Someday, I'll own a Rickenbacker. Um, Someday, Uh, like he had. Um, What else? Yes. Yes. It will come Um, when the funds come. So will the Rickenbacker. (laughs) Uh, Jaco Pistorius, just a Mm -hmm. you know monster fretless guy. I I love his sounds. Um, I learned Portrait of Tracy in high school, and you know got. Those harmonics down because of him, and uh, Les Claypool from Prime. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Which I've had the pleasure of seeing him uh, a couple times live now with my with my Hootenanny buds.
0: Oh, very nice. very nice. Yeah. Yes. You know, I can um, uh, I can hear a lot of of influences in Hootenanny music, and I'm, right. I'm uh, and I'll be I'll be discussing that with you shortly excellent uh, but before this um this section uh ends what was okay. the very what was the very first concert you went to uh as a uh as a fan as a band no, no as a fan
1: oh as a fan oh, okay uh weird al weird al yeah yeah got to see him live uh oh man when he did i'm fat when he did his michael jackson thing Mm -hmm. of fat he came out he came out in the uh the fat suit you know after a quick costume change and just did it right (laughs) um all about the pentiums oh that was so cool live, (laughs) man these are good times so uh, yeah my that was my that was my first concert
0: so away from music Music. Uh, Mm -hmm. What are some of your hobbies and interests? Well,
1: I like to take long bike rides through the woods. I love uh, hiking. Um, I paint a little bit. Mm -hmm. I do. I've been doodling with like pen and ink style drawings since forever. Um, I've always loved to draw. Like my first memory of drawing was... Uh, my brother recorded a marathon of Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. on a VHS, you know, back oh, in the day. And I remember yeah. pausing this. I I paused the screen with Ren or with Stimpy on it, and just put a piece of paper over the TV and trace him. And uh, yeah, never stopped drawing from there.
0: Yeah, um, I've actually yeah. seen some of your art on your other Instagram eyeball head.
1: Uh, eyeball head, yeah, yeah, which is the name of a character that I came up with. It's like my art like my yeah alter ego ego in art
0: yeah yeah uh yeah you you've you've really got some unique pieces on there so that was that was a lot of fun to check out
1: thank you yeah man i love love doodling
0: okay so moving on now to um uh harry and the hootenannies um Mm. tell me about tell me about the band you know how long have you guys been together how did the band form that kind of thing
1: okay well, first of all, I just gotta, I gotta show I am repping the hoots, okay? So, never go, I never go far without my hoot nanny swag, and neither should you. Uh, uh, okay, so, um, uh, let's see, what was I saying? Hoot nannies, what was the question? Sorry.
0: Um, but basically, you know, how long have you guys been together? How did the band form? That okay. kind of thing.
1: Oh. Okay, right. Uh, we've been together, I think, the math comes out to about seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met in early college and, uh, let's see, I met Nick, which we endearingly call him Tickles, that's our drummer, okay. um, who's also my roommate. He's probably in the house somewhere right now, downstairs. Uh, I met him in uh, a documentary class, uh, so it was like a a film documentary class where we had to study them and also like make one at the end. And, oh, uh, nice. yeah. And I'm not shy about sharing the fact that Nick is the reason I, uh, graduated from college, uh, because, or at least when I did, because I remember being in a real pinch on like my final project. Uh, I had kind of just dropped the ball when it came to like getting it done and ready. Uh, and so when, <laughs> When when the time came to turn everything in, uh, he may have allowed me to tack my name on the credits of his project, and uh, we both, I got past the finish line by the skin of my teeth. Funny story. I don't think anyone's gonna redact my uh, diploma by me saying this, so not let's at, just get it out there.
0: Not at this point. Yeah, it's too late. I mean, you know, it's, too late.
1: it's too late. They, they passed just, it to me. The
0: statute of limitations <laughs> has run out.
1: Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And also he worked at the cafe under where I lived at the time at, uh, Cornell Arms. He worked at Carolina Cafe. Harry, I met uh, on a film shoot. Um, me and my friends in another videography class that I was taking were trying to shoot at this place, uh, you know, on, on campus. And there was this kid in a wheelchair, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at the time. Uh, cause Harry got in a a wreck way uh, back in uh, 2011 and, uh, he was still healing from it when I met him. And so this kid was just sitting by a bench and we had to film there and we had to ask him nicely to kind of scoot over so we could get out of the shot. And, uh, we just, we just talked, you know, during the whole, uh, shooting experience and, found out we had tons in common and like he wound up coming to my apartment that night and we played mandolin together. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Eventually I moved in with the two of them. And that's how we became a band.
0: So this week in- in, in preparation for this talk with you i've been, been going down the hootenanny rabbit hole and really uh really enjoyed the 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 music that i've uh, that i found on spotify thank you and thank you. Thank you. you know i'm i'm, I'm hearing a, uh, a a what what appeared to me to be some influences um i'm i'm hearing like uh, um, uh, musically, I'm hearing a lot of early, uh, pre-major label R.E.M. Um, okay. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of They Might Be Giants. Um, uh, yes. I'm, uh-huh. uh, I'm, 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 I'm hearing Primus. Uh, okay.
1: Can know? I go back to R.E.M. real quick? Oh, absolutely. Is, is that, is that mostly to do with, uh, the heavy mandolin presence, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would actually like to play a, a REM cover at some point soon, but, uh, yeah, you, you're right on with that. Uh, you said they might be giants. Literally we, the Hoot Nannies, uh, we are doing double duty as a they might be giants tribute act as well currently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've got like eight, eight or nine songs just ready to go. I'm on guitar now. Harry's on keys and, uh, and Nick's still on the drums. And yeah, it's like a whole other thing we do. So. Good call. Very there, very
0: cool. Yeah, I got I got turned on to They Might Be Giants back in in my college days, and back then mm. they they actually had a phone number that you could call and hear the song of the day.
1: Yeah, dial a song. Yeah, but
0: yeah, that was that was a pretty neat a pretty neat little thing that they were doing for a while. I wish
1: I I wish I could have participated in that. Do you remember what your first They Might Be Giants song was that you ever heard?
0: Um. Little Birdhouse in Your Soul. I, nice. I believe was the first one I heard. Uh, okay, and, and then it just kind of went from there. But uh, okay,
1: mine was uh, Particle Man. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah.
0: Um. Mm. So. Um, anyway, we've we've kind of covered this already, but you know, uh, do you? Uh, I mean, obviously, you do play in some other bands and side projects. Um, yes. So. so um, and you know, is um, is Harry and the Hootenannies or or any of your other projects anything approaching a full time thing? Uh, if not, uh, you know, uh, tell about your day job.
1: Okay, uh, all of the bands that I play in culminates to just a bunch of part time jobs. Gotcha. Uh, Harry and the Hootenannies, Harry and the Hootenannies, we have regular rehearsal semi-regular gigs by no means a full-time job. Um we make some cash here and there doing that. My biggest uh money-making endeavor is the Emerald Empire mm-hmm. band, which is the the wedding event band that I spoke of earlier. Uh that one's fun. Just I get to play a bunch of pop dance hits, you know, for newlyweds and like people who are just down to party and uh and that's that's a that's a decently paying gig. Um I play every other Thursday with a band called Lola Grace and the Collective. And, uh, we also do a little bit more, you know, low key pop tunes and, you know, just stuff you hear in a lounge. It's basically like piano bar music, uh, with a little bit more rock infused into it. Um, I play in a band called Ted Shed, uh, which is just this guy named Ted Ballou, his two sons, Ellery and Noah, uh, fantastic drummer, fantastic, uh, Keyboardist, respectively and uh it's like the music he wrote back in the 70s to currently uh that just never got to see the the light of day outside of him just playing it on the acoustic guitar and really they all have these beautiful orchestrations that we're fleshing out and you know working our butts off making a awesome recording of them all and so kind of documenting his musical uh catalog making it come to life gotcha
0: so yeah. um, one, one, uh, uh, I guess one final question about, uh, about Harry and the Hootenannies, sure. you know, like I said, I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole this week and really, uh, really dig a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious mm-hmm. about your, about the songwriting process is somebody right. in, is somebody in the band, the primary songwriter, or is it, or is it a collaborative type of thing or mm-hmm. how does that go?
1: Yeah, I, would say Harry is predominantly the main songwriter. Uh, he'll come with lyrics and usually a riff or two. And you know, I assume most bands work this way. I, I'm not like, I'm not that strong of a lyricist. Um, mm-hmm. I really love working on instrumentals. Uh, I just, mm-hmm. that's what, like my bread and butter. He comes in with a riff and some lyrics and Nick and I just kind of fill in the gaps, you know, and, and throw whatever we can at him and see what sticks. So it's kind of like that. I'm like I'm working on my solo project stuff now. I'm trying to work on my lyricism, and it's it's like slowly coming along. But I don't consider myself a lyricist, but I really enjoy what he 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 produces Um, because most of the lyrics are generally funny, heartfelt, and like somewhat autobiographical, like based on experience. Mm -hmm. And the mixture of all of that, you know, comedy, poignancy. uh, I feel like that kind of. Encapsul- encapsulates what we're trying to go for.
0: Absolutely, I've uh, yeah, I've re- I've really had a lot of fun experiencing y'all's music this week. So it's been been a real uh, a real blast.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I'm I'm glad you you dug it. Yeah, you know that means a lot to Absolutely. me, man. Absolutely, thank Absolutely. you.
0: Absolutely. So, what is the most interesting experience that you've had playing live?
1: The most interesting experience. Um uh, I I say th- I guess like universally what other people would find interesting. Uh <laughs> maybe. We opened up for uh Corey Feldman. Do you know the name?
0: Oh yeah. Corey Feldman. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know I know Corey Feldman. <laughs> okay. So we
1: opened up for uh him and his band uh at the Spinning Jenny in Greenville. And uh, that was really interesting. Um, it was kind of it was like a you know he's famous uh, yeah. i don't know how much that has to do with this, but uh they, it, 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 there was like some trouble getting their show ready they like they told the people at the venue that they had a projector, and then the the venue didn't provide one, but then they told them like very close to. For the show oh sorry we actually don't have a projector and so like everyone's running around to try to like get this issue fixed because the projector is like the big part of you know their aesthetic and uh meanwhile the the sound guys are like you know uh sound check is getting delayed and they're you know taking out, out their ire you know uh behind the soundboard and harry and the hootenannies are just kind of like just saying nice thing, things to them and, and keeping them calm and, you know, making sure that they still like us, but they can be mad at this band, but we're not going to do them dirty like that. Um, and it was really great. We, we had an awesome show. Some people said they enjoyed us more than, uh, Corey Feldman's band. I took that as like a supreme compliment. They were good. Um, and the rest of the band, I never met Corey by the way, but mm-hmm. I did meet every other member of the band and they were all super sweet. Like, just sweethearts, you know? They were like super open to sharing their life story. And I looked like the bassist. Like, we looked like each other and were dressed like each other that night. It was kind of strange. Oh, wow.
0: Doppelgangers.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was my doppelganger. I was his. I guess I came second. And, uh, we got a night, we got a picture together. It was great. So, so, in, yeah.
0: Um, you know, my, My wife's kind of moderating the chat and she brought me a note from looks like Harvey Barbswell saying, uh, saying my boy, uh, saying that uh, you guys have been together eight years in March. So,
1: okay, eight. Yes. And I also saw that Harry corrected me in the chat that when we met, he was on crutches, not a wheelchair. So Ah. I I caught that. (laughs) I I appreciate the correction. I don't want to, I don't want to get anything wrong on the record
0: gotcha gotcha yeah so um uh so i know you guys are based in the columbia south carolina area mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. is is that area your your hometown uh or wh- where where are you from Uh
1: basically it's my hometown now i've been here for like 15 years gotcha. uh, never thought i'd be here this long i came to columbia from charleston which is my real hometown uh, um uh, in two thousand and nine, and I thought I would just complete school and just move on and I did not I'd found you know my adopted family here, I found all of my work connections and my musical friends, and I just kept gaining momentum here, so here I am still and I'm yes. in the in St Andrews area right now so
0: well last uh, last week when I was talking with uh, with Sean Kowalski. He was okay. saying that he just, he just loves the, the music scene in Columbia. He said it's, it's, it's a really vibrant scene. And yeah, um, it, it sounds, sounds like a lot of fun.
1: There are some really, really strong musicians down in Charleston. Um, most of my, uh, events and weddings that I play are in the Charleston area and, uh, that company works. By just drawing from a pool of musicians, you know, you just kind of send an email and see who can do it. And whoever agrees, they show up and they play together, You know, even if they've never met each other. Yeah. And uh, a, a lot of these cats are from Charleston. And, man, they are just monster players that are like a, a, a real honor and a joy to, to play with.
0: Well, very cool.
1: Yeah, strong uh, so team.
0: What, so what, what would you say is your favorite thing about Columbia? Uh,
1: probably a Congaree forest. I, I adore this place. (laughs) Uh, I go there when I need peace, uh, when I need to reset, you know, I just need to get some open air, some exercise, go meditate, just be away. Um, that's actually, that's an, aspect that i love very dearly and i I try to bring friends there whenever i can because it's just have you been there have you been to the congaree forest i have not actually, in the area oh man uh, no I've, it's like home to some of the biggest trees in america um the the hiking the hiking is beautiful you go through swamplands and grasslands and you can like kayak the rivers and there's so much um but the other answer to that question is that um uh, I, I have found my community here. I just, there's so many people that I know and love now and I'm finding that they're all interconnected. Uh, it's really yeah. a small, it's a small city. So, uh, I just love, I, I love the people I have met along the way. Um, because, you know, the only reason I'm here doing this with you is because, you know, of, people looking out for other people. And it was really cool uh, of Sean to, to recommend me for this. I really, I really thank him for that. Um, yeah. Good community. and it just, it's good.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ben, uh, if you could give any advice now to your younger self, what would it be?
1: Man, is this like the final, is this the closing statement? no.
0: no. No, th- th- okay, because <laughs>
1: okay, I was like, man, I've got to make this good. This sounds like really important. Um. Well, okay. My younger self. Uh, I did pretty good, like, with my choices uh, leading to where I am now. Like, I can't really, I don't say I have any super big regrets. So I'm not going to say, like, don't do that or, like, don't meet this person or something. I, I grew from every experience that I had. Uh. <laughs> don't don't smoke and drink (laughs) like i i kind of picked up smoking along the way uh Mm -hmm. temporarily and it was just such a bad idea and like i'm what am i i I stopped smoking the 19th of this past month and it was so hard to stop so Mm -hmm. i just like don't don't dabble in that it was fun for a little bit and it became a problem so uh Try not to get hooked on substances. Right. Uh, that's, that's probably something right. I would, I would tell my younger self. It's like, it was just a really stupid thing to do that like everyone knows, but they do it anyway. So, well, have you ever, you ever had to kick something, you know?
0: Um, not, not really. I mean, uh, you Good. know, th- thankfully, <laughs> I, um, you know, I've I've worked uh, I've worked in places where i uh, you know years and years ago I used to be a paramedic, okay. and the majority of my coworkers were smokers. Yeah, and, high stress, uh, stress job, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, thankfully, I never uh, I never picked it up. Um, Good. But c- you know, congrats, Congratulations to you for for making efforts to put it down.
1: Thank you. Uh, it's a, it's an occupational hazard uh, as a musician, you know? Oh yeah. Most of your, most of your bandmates are going to go before the set, after the set and just go have one, you know, it's like, it's how we socialize and it's, it's a broken, it's a broken system. It's a bad idea. you gotta be, sometimes it's hard to be comfortable with nothing and just present yourself, you know, to other people, um, in these social situations, it's just a, it's just a bad crutch, you know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, do you have any suggestions for any other up and coming bands to check out or potentially to reach out to for a, another in the series of bass player interviews?
1: Okay. okay. Um, I've been thinking about the bass uh, player recommendations. Um, so, uh, I would be interested. To hear what a few bassists actually have to say, Um I have a friend, uh, Morgan Johnson. Uh, he's been a really good buddy of mine. He he filled in for me on bass in the Hootenannies uh, when I broke my arm. Oh, um, and I could and I couldn't play. I have these lovely little memories uh, on my elbow here.
0: How did you do I, that?
1: What's what's the story with with the elbow? I uh, I fell off of the skimboard oh. <laughs> at the beach. Yeah, I was having a great time with my – we were on the annual Hootenanny Beach trip, and um, I was just skimboarding at the ocean, doing something that I had done millions of times before as a kid. And I guess I've taken a little bit too much time off, and uh, I fell. <laughs> and I, I didn't fall nicely. Like, I'm usually pretty good at, like, tucking and rolling and throwing a shoulder down. I did a lot of Taekwondo when I was a kid, so mm-hmm. we learned to fall. Uh, well, apparently I got a little out of practice and I, uh, I fell on my, my outstretched arm and it just hyperextended my, my elbow and just, I, I broke it. I fractured it. I tore a tendon. They called it the terrible triad. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And when the doctor came into the room, I asked him to please, well, he told me, well, that's what we called it 30 years ago. We've actually gotten a lot better at fixing it now. <laughs> and I'm like, well, can you please not lead with the terrible triad? Can we call it like the tricky triad? You know, because <laughs> uh, it's I was like, oh, my gosh, this is never going to get better. But um, luckily for me, the technology we have, the know-how and the skill of the doctors got me back to about 95 percent of what I was before the, the fall. So um,
0: that's that's a blessing.
1: It really really is. It really is. Absolutely. I feel incredibly lucky. Um, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'd recommend Morgan. Morgan Johnson. So
0: okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Uh, I will. Um. Uh. I'll talk to you. Uh, yeah. Afterwards. I'll I'll
1: get you connected. And, okay. Yeah.
0: And yeah. Um, the, so we're we're getting toward the end of this now. And um, so when I did the uh, the interview with Sean. Okay. One of okay. the last things that we did is I, I asked him to pose a question for the next person to be interviewed. And I'm yeah. going to ask you, I'm going to ask you as well. Uh, okay. Anyway, so Sean's question is, do you prefer playing finger style or with a pick and why?
1: Right. Uh, finger style. 100% I prefer finger style. How... Well, before I get to hell, however however, uh, most of my jazz, uh, my bass um, idols were finger style mm-hmm. players, you know, Victor Wooten, Jaco Pistorius, right. Primus. Um, I uh, I just, I love, I like slapping, mm-hmm. you know, I like mm-hmm. the slapping and popping. Um, I like the, the rhythms that you can get uh, when you use, you know, your two fingers or your thumbs. Um, it's just, I grew up listening to a lot of funk. And soul, mm-hmm. and you know, James Jamerson used a pick as well. I think every now and then, but uh, generally, I think funk and soul is it lends itself to finger style playing, right? And so I got right. pretty proficient at that. However, over time, I have really learned to appreciate people who play with pick well. Um, I think it creates an awesome, gritty, aggressive tone with that, you know, scrapey attack, and, and you can play you know different rhythms different styles um i was talking to a guy at a shop the other day he was a bassist and he was a metal bassist Mm -hmm. and like metal is the one genre i mean metal is a genre that i am deficient in i just i need to work on that and i really respect people who can just really shred it up with a pick on bass you know I think Absolutely. that's so cool.
0: And I mean, with with most metal bass, it's it's kind of all pick all the time. But yeah, um,
1: and so lots of, lots of respect for that because that's something that I need to work on really bad.
0: Well, it's kind of, kind of funny, you know. I was telling you, I'm I'm a converted guitar player. Ah, yeah. You know, yeah. And and yeah. so because of that, I've really been struggling to figure out fingerstyle. I'm I'm mostly oh, a pick player. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but okay. I'm, I'm I'm working on incorporating fingerstyle, but I'm I'm so used to having a pick that I'm uh-huh. I'm I'm having some some difficulty. Uh, I guess getting to that point, uh-huh. but I'm I'm working uh-huh. on it. So. Um,
1: That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's just where you come from. If that VHS that I got with my first base, if the mm-hmm. instructional video had a guy using a pick, it might have completely changed my trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a finger it style knows. guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, he was yeah. doing finger. So um, so anyway, the, the final the final thing here, Ben, will be, uh, you know, yeah. since this is a, a series, what is a question you would like to pose to the next person being interviewed?
1: Right. <clears throat> um, what is something that you had to unlearn uh, through your musical journey? Ah. Um, like for example, uh, for me, I had to learn how to play with less tension. Um, I used to allow myself to play, squeezing the neck a little harder than I should, sometimes a lot harder than I mm-hmm. should. I put myself in situations where maybe my amp wasn't loud enough. And instead of turning up my amp, I would dig into the strings harder. And there were multiple occasions where I would play a show and by the second song of like 10 to 15, I was like out of gas, you know, my fingers were getting cramped up, you know. And uh at one point, uh I was a Domino's delivery driver at some point when I was gigging I was delivering pizza uh I was overworking my wrists especially my mm-hmm. my fretting wrist so like driving would kind of use that balancing a bunch of pizzas all day you know on here would irritate it and then when I'd go oh, home and I shit I would shed I'd woodshed, that would irritate it and then I'd go perform and I'd really put in too much uh strength into the grip that would it was deteriorating my wrist and to the point that I developed tendinitis and I had to step away from the bass for like a week or like 10 days straight, just like no playing. Um, and when I came back to it, I had to really reconsider how am I gripping the neck and how much tension do I need before it's excessive, you know, to fret these notes and same with the, right. the plucking hand. So I had, I had to relearn how to play with ease and, and. Shed off the tension.
0: Well, it's funny, you know, uh, talking about um, uh, about tendonitis and the rest about uh, I've been playing bass now for about four years and about uh, about a year or so into my journey. I um uh, developed pain uh, in the the wrist on my my fretting hand yep. and uh so you know it, um I went through some physical therapy and that really didn't help and I mean it, it was painful to the point where honestly I just couldn't play um uh-huh. and so so uh it, it was a condition called de Quervin's tendonitis, which is basically inflammation of the tendon that runs along the ridge from the thumb down, uh, down the side of the wrist. Okay. And okay. so I ended up having having surgery on it. And mm-hmm. the thing that was interesting is when they did the surgery, they discovered that I had an extra tendon in there that was crowding the compartment wow. and was was oh. leading and that led to the whole uh the whole issue i had a okay. documented feature
1: wow you know? so usually yeah. having a spare isn't a bad thing in right, this case it was
0: in, in this case wow it was, yeah
1: oh my god! So, gosh so uh, did you have to get it removed by the way
0: Right. Yeah they, they 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 removed the second tendon okay. and okay. uh and you know after uh about uh I guess about 3 weeks of wearing a brace after the surgery I was off to the races so
1: wow you were you were more man than everyone else yeah <laughs> yes. you're more man than <laughs> most they had to cut you back down to normal size <laughs> well, that's cool man um, um how, how did you recover is it is it okay now
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've not had a moment's problem with it since the since the surgery. So,
1: excellent. I'm glad to hear that, man. Yeah, as a yeah, as too. a guy who had to survive a surgery, uh, it's nice to hear a success story because it's a sad thing. Absolutely. To to lose your ability, you know.
0: So. Right, right. And um, my wife actually has a has a question. Um, uh, okay. You know. Uh, as far as playing the uh, the finger style bass, right. she wants to know about uh, about finger calluses uh, potentially caused by that style. Uh, okay, would you say that's an issue? I
1: I'd say they're almost
0: guaranteed.
1: Uh, does she is she worried about developing calluses?
0: <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I've got calluses on my on my fretting hand. Uh, she was uh-huh. just just uh-huh. curious if if uh, finger style causes callus developments on the uh, uh, on the, the hands.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. When you when you're new to it, you'll you'll get yeah. them. Um, I'd I'd say you might be able to work around it. Like, let's say for bass, you could get flat wound strings. Uh, yeah. You could choose a style of music that doesn't involve you digging in really hard and yeah. uh, you probably get around it, but I'd say little calluses are a good thing. I like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh,
0: I don't have a problem with them. I don't think she does either. She yeah. just, it was more of a curiosity thing than anything else.
1: And and in all honesty, like if you look at my fingers, there's no like lump, right. it's it's not right. ugly or anything. It's actually, they're just tougher. Yeah you can't yeah. even really see it and it is so they're still smooth they're still smooth to the touch so you don't have to worry about that
0: nice but they're nice. strong oh yeah no doubt no doubt mm-hmm. so um i guess you know beyond um your uh your instagram do you have yeah. any other any other social media presence that you'd like to tell tell the world about uh,
1: uh to be honest no Oh, I, I kind of suck at social media and I try to keep it to a bare minimum because I can barely uh maintain what I have now. It's really just my eyeball head uh art account mm-hmm. and my musical account. Big old duty slapper. So, yeah. Yeah, I got a Facebook. I don't I don't really do stuff on there, though. Yeah. Um, I have a, right. there's, there's the Harry and the Nannies Facebook page that obviously I want everyone to know about. And then the, uh, the gigging band that I'm in now, the Lola Grace and the collective, there's also a Facebook page for that.
0: So. Okay. Um, does Lola Grace and the collective have an Instagram or.
1: Yes, they do. They do.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And if you ask me what it is, I won't be able to spout it out to you. But maybe we can put it in the description at the bottom after this. That. <laughs> That'll
0: work. That'll work. Okay. okay. So yeah.
1: Um, oh, and there's a uh, minimum wage is also the the they might be giants tribute band that the Harry Her- Her- the Hootenannies also double as minimum, minimum wage. wage. So yeah, yeah,
0: very yeah. nice, very yeah. nice. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Good stuff, good stuff.
1: You know the one. <laughs> oh yes,
0: I, I, do. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I um, do. Yeah. Well, Ben, this has been an sure. absolute pleasure. Uh, I've really, I've really enjoyed this. And um, uh, do you do you have any, uh, I guess, upcoming performances or anything that you'd like to hype? And yeah, shows coming up
1: tomorrow. Harry and the Hoot Nannies playing Art Bar. I think it's like an eight dollar cover charge. Uh, Harry, check the, the check it in the chat. Um, but yeah, so we're playing tomorrow at Art Bar. So I'd love to see some people out there um, so we can well, play I'm our, in, our I'm, weird I'm, music. I'm,
0: I'm seeing in the chat right now that your mom and dad love you.
1: <laughs> I see that too. <laughs> I uh, I know this and I love this. I, I'm glad I can depend on that all the time. I know they do. So, and I love them too. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's a beautiful thing, and I love <laughs> I love Aunt Tina too. She's she's been here the whole time too. So hi, Aunt Tina. But uh, yeah, Matt, this has been uh, such an honor and a privilege to be a part of this. I really appreciate the time you've given me and the, this oh, platform. It's, it's awesome.
0: Um, uh, you know, it's been been nice. It's really just felt like a conversation, which is 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 the uh i guess the motif that i'm going for with this and, yeah. and 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 like i said you know i'll be uh i'll be downloading this and doing a little bit of editing and mm-hmm. it will be going up on youtube and there'll be some excerpts on tiktok and uh twitter and some other places And then uh, I'll be, I'll be downloading the audio and putting that together into a podcast. I'll I'll send send you, I'll send you all the information as to where everything is once it's there. So,
1: yeah. Awesome. Well, Matt, you've, you've been a really good host for me. I, this has felt like a regular just conversation. It's, it's been really fun man. you made me feel really important and seen. So I appreciate that.
0: I appreciate it. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, again, thanks for the time and uh, you have a, um, a great rest of your night and a great performance tomorrow night.
1: Ah, thank you. Yes. I will make sure to break a leg for sure. So thank you, Matt. Yep. Have a good one. All right. Next yep. time.
0: Hey all hope you enjoyed this second episode of Matt's Musings. I'm excited to let you know that I do have some other guests in the pipeline with more details forthcoming, so stay tuned. Thanks once again to Ben, who was an amazing guest. I had a lot of fun talking with him. And thanks to all of you for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and keep rocking.